Hey metalheads, you like tattoos? Of course you do. If you're in the Louisville, Kentucky area, come on over the bridge to Clarksville, Indiana and get you some ink done at Ageless Art. If ink isn't your thing, they have a piercing studio as well. Visit agelessartclarksville.com to see some frequently asked questions, meet the staff. The shop is open Monday through Thursday, 12 to 8 p.m., Saturdays, 12 to 10 p.m., and Sundays, 12 to 6 p.m., all appointment-only spots. You can set up your appointments by phone at 812-283-1793 or email agelessarttattooandpiercing at gmail.com and someone will get you set up for your first or your next tattoo or piercing. Hey, it's Jeff McNichol down here at Mom's Music, 1900 Melwood Avenue. I was just thinking, when I was a kid, the magic was at Frankfurt Avenue, the Mom's Music at Frankfurt Avenue, and I used to beg people to get a ride down there just to hang out with the guys and see all the cool gear. Now that I'm the owner of this store, it's like a dream come true. We're recreating the magic with the vibe that we used to have at the old store. We're carrying all the gear that you're going to possibly want. We're giving you the outstanding service and personal attention that you deserve. Yeah, so we've got the great guitar shop here. We're carrying USA Fender, USA Gibson, Paul Reed Smith, Gretsch, Jackson, Charvel, anything you could possibly want. We're going to have it for you. Mom's is and always will be Louisville's music store. Thank you for tuning in to The Metal Forge. I am Mark Jackson, and I am your host. The premise of the show is pretty simple. Awesome interviews and awesome music. If you want to contact me, hit me up at MetalForgeRadio at gmail.com or visit the website, MetalForgeRadio.com. And now, let's get this show on the road. What is going on, Metalheads? Thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode of The Metal Forge. How are you all doing I am doing fairly well. This week I have Avery from Chamber Mage here in the Metal Forge, and we are talking about awesome new wave of traditional heavy metal meets power metal meets fantasy metal, whatever you want to call it. It's what it is, and it is pretty damn awesome. So, yeah, take a breather, have some dip, right? Yeah, for sure. Definitely. So, Jason is back this week in the Heavy Metal Wasteland, and we are talking about some cool vinyl collecting things here. Super awesome. I do another podcast with Jason uh, called The Mudhorn, and it is basically a, a fandom series where we talk about, say, for example, you know, The Mudhorn, meaning like from Star Wars, where we've talked about the Obi-Wan series on there, We've talked about the movie Prey, which is the new Predator film that has come out. Uh, And we're doing one for the Andor series. Pretty much any kind of fandom that we're all somewhat fans of. Uh, Shade Beast, Joe Eldridge has been a part of it. Micah has been a part of it as well. Uh, Jason, obviously, is the guy heading up 
all of that. I'm just here for, to be a talking head on that one. And it's pretty cool because, you know, I get to talk about some awesome fandom stuff like Predator and Aliens and Star Wars and Star Trek and all that cool stuff. So uh, cruise on over to that. It's on YouTube as well as wherever you get your podcasts from. And check out Jason's uh, podcast, The Alehorn, as well. He does some pretty cool band interview stuff that's not really set to a specific you know, like set of questions or anything. It's different for every episode. So, and I was on that a few months back as well. But anyways, yeah, uh, what's going on? I mean, summer's coming to a close. We've got the fall festivals coming up, like especially in the Louisville, Kentucky area. We got Louder Than Life. We got Bourbon and Beyond. We got some awesome shows coming up here in Louisville, as well as you know some around us. You know, Judas Priest is coming around uh, a couple of times there. They're doing. They're still doing the 50 Years of Metal tour, which is super rad because I'm going to try and go out and see that with my friend Zach and Fingernails, uh, along with some other cool stuff like uh, Venom Inc. is coming to Black Circle Brewing in November. I've definitely got to see that because, you know, Demolition Man has been on, on the Metal Forge before. We're going to try and get him back as well. Hopefully we can get him back for the 200th episode, at least to say something, you know. Uh, but hell, I mean, it's been awesome. Uh, I I really want to let the cat out of the bag. I want to tell you guys about some cool stuff that is happening both with the Metal Forge and with Overload, but I, I can't right now. But just know that there are awesome things on the horizon, and hey, who knows? It, it, it may be super awesome. I mean, I hope it's going to be for sure, because I'm really looking forward to you know, delivering the best podcast that I can and getting as many listeners and awesome new content and new people joining the, joining the fold and everything. And I just love hearing from you guys. So thank you all. Keep sending the messages that you're sending. I'm really digging it. It's super fun. I'm having such a blast doing this show. And here we are, 187 episodes this week. I mean... Things just keep looking up. September has some awesome guests coming up, you know. And then, obviously, we're all leading up to episode number 200 in November. And I am excited for that. So let's go ahead and check in with Jason here from the Heavy Metal Wasteland. Let's hear about vinyl collecting. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Wasteland. Today I want to change it up a little bit and talk a little vinyl record collecting. So recently uh, I had an offer come through Spotify on the app on my phone to buy a limited edition gold colored CCR Live at the Royal Albert Hall vinyl. After shipping it was $37. I went ahead and bought it because I was curious on what kind of product a company who is pretty much known for subpar streams would um, put out. Is it just some stamped out hunk of junk? Or is it like nice 180 gram with cool liner notes and you know inserts to look at or you know a nice insert to look at or, or you know what, what comes from Spotify in the physical realm? So that got me thinking why would Spotify even sell one? Is it um, a cash grab? Did someone there think that this 
could be a good endeavor for Spotify to get into to uh, help bolster their um, stake in the music uh, resale industry. I don't know. I will find out when I get it in September. Hopefully it's not crap, but I will let you guys know. So another uh, one that kind of perplexes me is Walmart. I would never buy a record from Walmart. I don't think anyone who collects vinyl would ever buy a record from Walmart because the people at Walmart do not know how to look through vinyl properly and carefully. I've seen it over and over. They grab the vinyl, they bend the top to see what's behind it, and then they uh, just push it back like it's a nothing they want and go about their business. It's uh, They're very abused uh, at Walmart. So I don't know who this is geared to uh, that they sell them, but I do know that the Metallica variants that they keep putting out annoy me to no end because, you know, Metallica used to be blue-collar uh, mentality. Um, you know, fuck the man, fuck corporate, you know, fuck MTV, no videos, until injustice, etc. But now that you kind of like just, you know, think it's cool that they have their records at Walmart, when, you know, what would be even cooler is the guy who could use some uh, excitement for Metallica reissues on color variants, uh, have people coming in and maybe buying more from his store that they never heard of before, or, you know, something that uh, they know very well and just want it on vinyl. I don't really see why they're just teaming up with Walmart. Neither neither entity really needs the money that bad, so, you know, using up resources on limited substance like the uh, vinyl pellets is just kind of maddening. Um, you know, Fleetwood Mac putting out rumors again for like the 40th time, you know, um, Garth Brooks' Greatest Hits, Volume 2 on vinyl or some shit. It's just, I don't know, it, it just seems like a cool medium that's kind of underground is bowling into the mainstream and now everyone's jumping in on it to where it'll just be lame you know there'll be no uh be no posters inside no uh, cool liner notes it'll just be a cardboard sleeve and a record and that's all you get because you know they're not gonna put too much money into something like the uh independent guys do like a uh, ripple or you know even like um metal blade has cool packaging uh, some other ones other too uh, century media uh, pretty cool stuff so um one more gripe I had before I go is um, the people putting out vinyl records, like pop bands. When you record digital music onto digital, why even have a record? It makes no sense. You're just playing digital sounds. I know there's naysayers out there, you know, CD aficionados or whatnot, that are just like, well, you buy a record and you're just buying an expensive digital copy anyway because it's recorded on Pro Tools. But what I... Um, reply back to that is when you record a guitar or drums it is very analog signals recorded to a computer versus computer sounds just pressed to vinyl so when the needle goes over the groove you're actually still getting the sound that was coming out of the amp versus uh, some shit on an EDM album which I can't even believe they press on vinyl for whatever reason that's what I got to say about that. Um, I am glad it's coming back, though. It feels like people want music to be more important than it's treated. Obviously, you know, a 
stream song really doesn't live on in your memory, but when you have to take care of your music, when you have to clean your vinyl, when you have to change your needle on your record player, when you have to set the needle, when you have to flip it, when you have to change the speed from 45 to 33, etc., it's more of a respect thing for the artist, even though you're not really talking to them. You're kind of taking care of their baby, in a way, to me. And uh, I actually like that. Um, I don't mind getting up after four songs and flipping sides, you know. I get the next one ready, and then when I go, uh, when side B is done, I'll either put in side C or just put in a new vinyl. It's a very interactive experience that I think goes farther in appreciating what you have versus just listening to something on Spotify and giving it a thumbs up. So, that's anyway, that's my opinion on it. Of course, it's just my opinion. Might share a different opinion, and that's fine. You know, everyone should have different opinions. That's what makes the world go around. But uh, anyway, that's all I got for today. As always, I want to remind you guys to stay safe, stay hydrated, be kind to each other during this extreme heat, and uh, stay heavy, guys, and we will talk to you next time. Dude, Jason, thank you so much for doing this at the frequency you do it. You know, you you really banged them out this month. Hell, yeah, I appreciate that. Makes my job just a little bit easier. And, of course, you know, Athena with Metal Mischief, where she's been in studio the last couple of weeks for her album reviews and band reviews, really. So, hell, yeah, onward and upward. Let's keep kicking ass and taking names and, you know, or chewing bubblegum, as uh, Roddy Piper would have said in uh, They Live. So, hell yeah. Let's go ahead and get into this episode with Chamber Mage. This is The Length of the Chain.
All right, Metalheads, I'm being joined here on the line from Avery from the band Chamber Mage. Dude, what is going on? Hey, what's up, man? Not much. Uh, just uh, hanging out over here. Appreciate you having me on the show. Dude, of course. No, no. Uh, thank you for coming on the show. This is awesome because I dig multiple kinds of metal. Okay, whether it's death, thrash, doom, punk, you know, influenced metal, hardcore, metalcore, even like power and power fantasy, I guess you could call it. Yeah, yeah, I'd say that definitely would apply. I I consider us more so just a traditional heavy metal band, but uh, definitely uh, heavy, heavy on the fantasy side of things. For sure. So, before we get into all that, dude, how, how's your week been? It's been uh, it's been pretty long, man. Work kind of kicked my ass this week. But, as, uh, as does all of us. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, just uh, closing out the weekend on a good relaxing note. So Hell yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, you're out in Colorado, so yeah. how is it out there this time of year, weather-wise? Um. Right now, actually, August is nice because you still get those really hot days, but we're in kind of the Colorado's monsoon type season, so we get a lot of nice rainy overcast too. Hell yeah. That's been combating the heat a little bit. Yeah, uh, I'm just about a mile north of Louisville, Kentucky, inside Indiana, and this week we've started to get a few, like, overcast days. Nice. Oh man, it is so nice because we it's so damn humid here through through the summer oh. and it just this has been a dream like you could roll have the windows rolled down and just be like cruising along and it just be so cool. I oh, yeah. I really dig that about here. Nothing beats that feeling. No, not not at all. I'm from the Pacific Northwest too, so the the overcast hits home. Definitely, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that seems to be the thing up there. It's it's pretty much always all overcast, isn't it? Uh, you know, I haven't spent too much up time up there since I was little, so, but I do remember it being overcast quite a bit. See, that would be that would be yeah. so peaceful for me. Like maybe I should instant. I've always talked about moving to California. And you know, oh, yeah. maybe about moving to somewhere like maybe Oregon or Washington State would probably be more like it because that just sounds so damn peaceful. Yeah, you could always go to Northern California, though, and get that middle ground, too. Mm. That's very true, yeah. And I've always wanted to go to Northern California, like see Redwood Forest and, type, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, hell yeah. See, voice of reason right there. <laughs> <laughs> so tell everybody in the Metal Forge about Chamber Mage. Uh, okay, uh, Chamber Mage is a product or is a project that I started um, sort of writing some songs in my bedroom, uh, and I didn't really have a computer, so I just like wrote these sketched out demo tracks on GarageBand and recorded all the tracks with my uh, with the mic for my Apple headphones, and I put that together with the intent of like using it to find 
band members to be in my project. Um, and then I made a post on a Colorado Springs uh, musician group saying that uh, I was putting together like a traditional heavy metal-ish, power metal-ish project. And I was looking for basic, I was going to do vocals and I was looking for everyone else. And the first person that hit me up was actually uh, Ted Jedlicky, who plays bass for Thor. Okay. And he liked the stuff. And then uh, our guitar player, Devin, hit me up, uh, who's in a band called Crotalis down here in Colorado Springs. And then um, a uh, co-worker, a co-worker's co-worker's sister's uh, brother um, was uh, a guitar player that I'd heard about through the grapevine. And so I got together with him and... It was a good fit, and we started jamming and uh, went through uh, one drummer that we weren't really on the same path with creatively, and then uh, Ted uh, knew of another guy in Denver, and we hit him up, and uh, things have been going good ever since. Uh, we've been jamming together for a little over a year now. Hell yeah. You mentioned a second ago, it was a co-worker of a co-worker of a sister of a... It almost reminded me of that line in Spaceballs. Where he's like, I'm your brother's sister's cousin's ex roommate. <laughs> yes, exactly. it was exactly like that. <laughs> so, like, so, what does that mean? Absolutely nothing. No. <laughs> That's cool though. And that you you know that you have a music board, um, I, and I'm sure that everybody out there has done like the Craigslist thing in the past. You know where you, yeah. you musicians looking for musicians, or you get the the bulletin board at your local music store, or get yep, yep. Guitar yep. Center's bulletin board, or whatever. I don't know if Colorado Springs has a Guitar Center. We, we we do have a Guitar Center, but and then some of like the local record stores have like. Uh, there, like, there's a great record store owned down here by uh, Sean and Brian Ostro called What's Left Records, and that shares a building with um, a lot of practice spaces that bands use, and uh, they have like a bulletin board type deal in there for people looking for a drummer or this and that. Hell yeah! That see, that sounds rad already, because. Here in Louisville, we've got a few places where the musicians have kind of over, especially the independent musicians, not necessarily like the cover bands or anybody like that. Right. But like the the original bands have kind of overrun a few places in town. If there's anybody who's anybody, you know they're either at this place or that place. Yep, like the hub, you know they're going to be there. Yep. See, that's totally cool to me because that builds what that scene unity is because it's like, oh, hey, you know, Josh and them are like three doors away from us, and and it's like a, it's a great community setting. Oh, no, definitely. I'm uh, I'm fairly new to Colorado Springs by a few years, um, but uh, our guitar player Devin, uh, who's in Cortalis, he's a uh, he's a uh, pretty pretty tight knit with a lot of the local scene, and that's uh, you know that's been cool. Just getting a lot of crossover support. We love doing shows with like, you know, they'll have like us and then like a grindcore band and then like a, you know, like a doom band or something like that and just get like a lot of cool uh, variety shows in there. I don't know of any other bands in Colorado that are playing stuff like us except for one, like a power metal band called Siege Perilous that just started in Greeley, Colorado, which on October 30th, we're actually playing a show at the Roxy with them, uh, Celestial Wizard and Star Wraith. During the day, it's going to be a D&D and a tabletop game convention, which is going to bleed into a metal show that night. Hell yeah. So that'll, that'll be pretty uh, that'll be pretty cool. Definitely. And before we go any further, I do want to give a shout out to Dale Wasson, who the designer of the Metal Forge logo lives in Colorado Springs as well. 
Oh, really? Yeah. So it's a, it's a small world, you know. Oh, <laughs> but he's awesome. he, he's a transplant. He moved from Indiana to there. So okay. But yeah, big shout out to him as well. But no, that's badass, man. Like I was just last week on the episode, Athena from Metal Mischief. She does album reviews here, and yeah. we were talking about how all these bands are starting to package other things with with their product, you know, with their CDs and stuff. Mm. And whether it's zines and like uh, this band Electrocutioner, they packaged a D20 module with their oh, with their okay. game or with their yeah. with their CD. Sorry, and like it's so cool because like so many more bands are doing that now. Yeah, yeah we we've had some we've had some ideas for things like that. There's a there's definitely a lot of room to be creative in that category, but you also kind of have to tread lightly with not like just trying to you know do the Iron Maiden and just put your logo on anything that there is. <laughs> to, really, you, uh, you, you, know? <laughs> you would run with Iron Maiden on that, really? Mm, maybe maybe not Maiden as much, just because I mean I love Iron Maiden. They're like my favorite band, um, and uh, usually when they put their logo on something, I I'll probably buy it, but. Uh, I feel like certain bands are just, you know, well, now. Well, definitely now, Kiss would. Yeah, yeah, that's a much better. Uh, that's a much better. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, example. Kiss would, you know, they would pay, they would make Kiss diapers to Kiss coffins, so they got yeah. you when you're coming out and going back, you know. Yes. The, and exactly. everything in between. <laughs> yeah, you don't. I feel like you. I feel like there's a, a line you can tread between getting, you know, creative, cool merch ideas and uh, and going that far with it. Right. Yeah. But, uh, the the D twenty thing that's super cool. Uh, we had talked about uh, doing chamber mage thimbles for when you're sewing your patches. Dude, that's <laughs> awesome. I mean, yeah, if you could get like something, you know, somebody to print on on there, yeah. like you know, like how people do the enamel pins. That yeah, would, that would kick ass. That'd be really cool, yeah. That's a that's a million dollar idea. That was our that was our guitar player Devin's idea. No, oh, uh, seeing now you've let then, it out. Yeah, um, and then I I had messed around with the idea of doing uh you know like from the nineties and around that time the like the viewfinders like that oh, you yeah. put the little wheel slides in. Um, I'd wanted to make uh slides of those that would one for each song and it would have the lyrics and then concept art uh specific to that section that you could flip through and look at while you're listening to the track i thought that would be kind of cool wow see that would be cool you know there's so many things out there and what's really cool about the market today is that anything retro is is coming back you could almost get away with literally anything oh yeah even if you took the same concept of what you were talking about to a live show where, you know, back in the 70s, you, you could see video, some video of this where it's like this weird-ass, like, psychedelic, like, backdrop that's that's constantly moving. It looks like a lava lamp. Well, the, mm. the concept behind that, it, it's, it's water and vegetable oil on an overhead projector. Right. And... You know, you could do that same thing, or, you know, you could do it with, like, a slide projector or something like that. Yeah. And and just be, like, clicking through all these weird images and whatnot. And it would be so awesome and so cost-effective to do at this point, because how many thrift stores do you ever go into where they've got, like, I don't know, like, 
a, a suitcase full of like people's old vacation slides and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. A hundred percent. And you can and modify be, those things like crazy. Yeah. True. Or you could not modify them and just hope that whoever donated them showed up to one of your shows one day by mistake. Wouldn't that be interesting? <laughs> like you're playing aunt Geraldine's f- <laughs> her, her freaking, birthday party. Uh, yeah. Her 50th birthday party from 1974. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Yeah. And it's like, hey, that's my Aunt Geraldine. What? <laughs> Come on, man. Hey, let me tell you guys about Mercenary Press. They're an independent London label and distributor of all things metal. Mercenary Press delivers the goods from their own independent zine. Trust me, you're going to want to get in on that. To distributing various bands from all over the world, including Cramp from Spain and Sadistic Force from Texas. Visit mercenarypress.bigcartel.com to find out what all they have in stock and what you can order. And for Metal Forge listeners, enter code METALFORGE to receive a discount on your total purchase at mercenarypress.bigcartel.com. Check it out now. Since 2013, there has been a calling from the underground, from the graves of all those unholy, and they decided to make a zine to talk about all of this. Soul Grinder Zine, an independent metal zine to keep you informed on all things metal and horror from the underground. Available in both print and digital formats, they're bringing you the best interviews and reviews out there today. Not only do they do the zine, but they also do compilation CDs. Check them out at facebook.com slash soulgrinder.zine and start your subscription now. What is next for you guys? Let's see. uh, We're working on... uh, A friend of ours is working on... um, putting the uh, album on cassette or the demo on cassette right now we did a release a limited cassette run for our the single we put out length of the chain we did a with uh, some cool concept art for that that my that a buddy of mine painted and unfortunately the original painting got uh, destroyed in a car accident but i have it and i need to sew the canvas back together oh wow Uh, um so yeah we're getting the demo put on tape and then um we have a couple fests that uh, uh, are uh, potentially going to be, uh, well, I'm sorry, I should say, uh, we potentially have a few fests in the works that are going to be really cool for us. A couple of us are attending the Hell's Heroes Festival again this year, and uh, we're doing a little a little six-show tour from Colorado out to there. Oh, hell yeah. So, have in the works. Definitely. That's, yeah. that's always, so you're, are you actually, I know you probably can't announce it, but are you actually playing? Uh, no, we are not playing Hell's Heroes. Ah, we are. We're attending though. That's cool though. And then right now we're just uh, working on uh, finishing up our full length so we can uh, get the ball rolling with that. And uh, yeah, definitely. You know, you said that the original painting of the demo was destroyed in a car accident that you needed to sew back together, and that was like that hit me like that would be an awesome like remixed edition version that you could use as secondary artwork for it. 
Yeah, that that would be really cool. Uh, we have that artwork. Um, it's 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 just the artwork for the single length. Oh, of the okay. Game. Yeah, the actual demo artwork. I don't have a physical copy of. Um, but yeah, that would be really cool uh, to get a, a neat photo of the canvas like restitched back together. That, I think that would be awesome. You yeah. know, you do it like uh, do it like a battle jacket type thing, where you know some some of the people out there they like to use uh, embroidery floss, right? Where it's like yeah, super thick with like with like crust punk vests and things like oh that. yeah, it'd be sure. like super thick stitches like like uh, Frankenstein's monster's hands. Oh, that's exactly. Know? thinking yeah hell yeah no, I, I wouldn't i wouldn't try and make it look neat by any you know it has to look it has to look worn and repaired oh for sure see and that's where the the thing it comes all about it's like full circle at that point where you could totally do some awesome stuff with just whatever and it makes it a completely new art piece yeah absolutely hell yeah You'd mentioned uh, possible festivals, and I noticed this year you guys had a song on the Mad With Power Fest sampler CD. Yes, um, Mad With Power Fest, it would not be one of those potential festivals, um, but uh, that was just kind of cool. Uh, Ted, uh, our bass player, he uh, he's, he's buddies with the guys who put on Mad With Power, and uh, um, I think actually the uh, compilation was just open to submission. Nice. So it has uh, us. We submitted uh, Blades on the Rampart, and uh, it has us and uh, a lot of the bands that are playing the fest, and then uh, uh, a bunch of other really great bands that uh, aren't playing this year. So it's just an all around really great uh, traditional metal compilation. Well, you know what's super cool to me on this is I was actually on their Facebook page, and, you know, I am not a big fan of, you know, just like two like two three four day festival things but these guys seem to do it like really awesome because on friday they started at 4 30 which for me in in this late in the year maybe if it were summertime it'd be a little bit but it's still summer but yeah like june july starting at 4 30 you know it i guess it's like more i guess socially acceptable uh to start a show earlier because most people are taking off work in june and july kind of things yeah, but you know, late August or earlier than that, like May and stuff, is kind of weird to me. But they yeah. started at four thirty, and they had three bands play, and then they broke for an hour and had like a social gathering, like a dinner service and a gaming break and stuff, which is totally cool. Yeah. No, that's really cool. Um, and then he did the same thing on Saturday, also. Yeah, that I mean, that's that that's really cool especially because like for me personally the worst part of festivals is trying to catch everyone you see all day so you're so tired by the time the headliners come on you know what i mean like it's just cool that they they're incorporating that break where you just have time to to just to kill you know yeah. before you have to race to to catch the next band Definitely, and and there were some bangers on this year's festival. Of course, Aether Realm, Traveler, um, uh, Traveler's been on the Metal Forge before, yep. Ma- Master Sword, just Forge to name a few. And then, of course, that was on the Friday deal, and 
Saturday was, you know, was another one that was just as good because, you know, they had Psycho Stick play, which my band Overload has played with Psycho Stick a couple of times back in the day. So, oh, uh, very cool. Oh, yeah. Lords of the Trident, th- uh, Throne of Iron from here in Indiana. Yep. Super yep, those guys are clear. Love Tucker. He's a great dude. But yeah, this seemed like such a cool event. You know, that you and and both days started at the same time. They ended about the same time, which, you know, it wasn't like it was it wasn't information overload, no pun intended. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, because it was yeah. it was it seems like it was pretty lax, you know, and it didn't seem like there was like band band one on this stage at four to four thirty four to four thirty and band two at four thirty to five. You know, yep. it just minimal overlap. Yeah, minimal to no overlap, which is so so cool to me. Mm-hmm. And see, that's yeah. that's like the t- if I were to throw a festival and I'm, I'm I've really considered doing it. That to me is like the festival like get up that I would really like to try. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Definitely, uh, definitely have a good formula going for that fest. Definitely, and and like I said, you know the the whole worked in like dinner social thing, that that's cool as hell to me. And it's like that's yeah. the first time I've ever seen anybody do that. Oh, a hundred percent. Um, we uh, yeah, I haven't uh, noticed any. I haven't uh, seen um, too many other festivals incorporate just time for the time for the fans to uh, to de well to decompress for one yeah. and for two, you know. To actually not have to necessarily miss a band to get something to eat or drink. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, food is also usually the biggest uh, issue at festivals. Oh, yeah. I mean, there was a... When I went to Louder Than Life last year, the the drinks... You know, if you were to have like a mixed drink, like a Jack and a, a Jack and Coke or Blackened and Coke or whatever you want to, you know, drink, I think the yeah. min- the minimum I saw was fifteen dollars. Oh, and it's, and it's for you know like a six ounce glass, you know, yep. or, or plastic cup for that matter, and yep. then all of the food was a minimum twenty dollar setup. Yeah, like and they had they had tons of different things. They had like the big giant barbecue turkey legs. They had like you know chow mein, like you know so many different like food right. food options. But they were all twenty bucks across the board. So, oh yeah, it, so it's like you know that's cool too because you'd already know what you're what you're getting into. Right, uh, Hell's Heroes last year in Houston. Um, uh, the food trucks. I never, I never got the chance to try them because uh, that festival was just completely stacked. So I didn't want want to miss any bands waiting in line to get food. But uh, it was definitely by the, that. The, by the time the festival let out, uh, everywhere was closed except for this fry truck that was behind uh, the Raven Tower, which was the bar right 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 next to it. And uh, yeah, that fry truck came in clutch because they. They were open like till like three in the morning or something like that. So everyone was going over to that fry truck once the festival let out. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> See, the, you get the people that do that. You get the ones that they, you know, they they're guaranteed a spot, and then they don't show up for like three or four hours until it's like almost close to the end, and then yeah. where everybody else is shutting down, they're just making bank. And yeah, people, oh, the yeah. other people might have made it before the show, but. You know, you get that one last hold out. It's like going to it's like either going to Taco Bell or or like Waffle House after a show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where yep. everybody just, you know, everybody flocks there. Oh yeah. Or in this area, you know, we have White Castle, which I don't think you have any mm-hmm. there. 
No, but I do miss White Castle. I only get it when I go visit my family in Minnesota, but... Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> it hits <different>. <laughs> <laughs> After a long night of drinking, it really hits the spot. <laughs> yep. Waffle House is definitely the after show spot around here, though. Nice, nice, nice. What's up, Metal Forge fans? This is Alan Bishop, the alchemist of Indiana's Black Forest and head distiller at Spirits of French Lick. Do you find yourself drawn to the unexplained, fascinated by the Fortean, or enchanted by the paranormal? If the things that go bump in the night resonate in your mind, then tune into my brand new podcast, If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything. Featuring first-hand accounts, collected stories, interviews, history, and speculation related to all things not of this world. Available now on Anchor, Spotify, Google, Amazon, and more. Set back, relax, and remember, if you have ghosts, you have everything. Hey, Metalheads, it's with great pleasure I get to tell you guys about a new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Ageless Art, New Albany. After 20 years of owning and operating Ageless Art in Clarksville, Indiana, Phil Garrett had a vision for a new type of tattoo studio, something that is clean and modern, sleek, refined, inviting. And he's done just that with Ageless Art in New Albany. You can find it at... 2736 Charlestown Road, New Albany, Indiana, 47150. Business hours are Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Sundays are 12 to 6. All sessions are appointment only, so give them a call and go get you some new ink. Or if it's your first time, go get your first one, baby. So I'm going to go ahead and break away and ask you some general questions. These are about you as a person. They are, you know, they're all random now. You could have anything based on anything in life, you know, movies, music, gaming, just general life questions. Sound okay, good? cool. Yeah. Who is the best female role model in your life? Um, That would be my partner, Mackenzie. Hell yeah. Did you want to elaborate on any of that? Like why? Oh, they're just very, um, they're very, they're very stick to their guns. They're very, uh. You know, it doesn't take crap from others, and uh, they're just one of the most genuine people, and they love me for who I am, and uh, I'm just grateful every day that they're in my life. Hell yeah. See, that kicks ass. That, that right on. I, <laughs> I can totally get behind that. Yeah. Who was the best boss you ever had, and what made them the best? I'm going to have to say a boss that I had in Canyon City when I worked at a pizza place, and... Um, they were just uh, extremely, they were extremely supportive of me. Um, uh, I came back from traveling, and they gave me a job as soon as I walked in the door. And they uh, also gave my partner a job, and they hooked us up with a place to live. And uh, uh, just really genuinely a good person, and uh, always slipped me a little cash in in tips here and there, and just. Uh, just overall just really cared about her employees definitely see that's rad too because you don't find especially being a musician you know life is hard alone life's yeah. a lot harder when you're an independent musician and you're trying to make it as that 
whether right. or not you know you have a Joe job or what the hell ever, you know it can be it can kick you in the nuts or whatever, uh, and and it just sucks. But you know finding those people that really support you and what you do, there's nothing better than that. Yeah, definitely. And you know having a boss that would do that for you, you know I I watched a documentary called Get Thrashed one time, and I don't know if you've ever seen it. it uh. I don't think so. It, it's really cool, but they talk about, I think Gary Holt is talking about what it's like, you know, coming back off the road after being on the road for like 60 days and you apply for like a job and they're like, well, why haven't you worked, you know, what for, yeah. for these last two months? And it's like, well, I've been on the road. And it's like, well, we're probably going to pass because we know you're going to go back on tour. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And see, you know, finding people like that, that that's awesome. Yeah, uh, she was a. This was before I was uh, doing any band stuff. Uh, This was back when I was in high school, which I still did band stuff, but like not serious band stuff. Um, But she was extremely flexible with you know my schedule and anything I had going on, and um, you know, just uh, always gave people the best schedule that she could based off of their life situation. And uh, you don't find bosses who actually care about any of that type of thing these days <laughs> definitely not and see i have a boss in my regular job that is totally understanding of that too he he's yeah. like you know what you're here monday through friday you you take care of us when you're here he's like let me know if you need anything i was like oh, oh yeah. fuck yeah <laughs> that's how my current boss is too see that's you know, rad pretty much uh pretty much willing to work with you uh in whatever way they can as long as you give them a little heads up and uh yeah definitely and complain man uh, aside from music, uh, if you could make any one of your hobbies into a profession, what what would it be? Probably either painting or metal detecting, um, or I like uh, I like to collect toys too. So, dude, uh, I like collect uh, Transformers and Masters of the Universe, and uh, run, I all I always want to uh, run like a, a vintage toy shop. I always thought that. Hell yeah, man! You're speaking yeah. my language already. I'm a huge Masters fan. Oh, nice, man! Yeah, I one of my one of my best friends, Jared. He is a tattoo artist. Um, when he was doing his his apprenticeship, and they finally said, "All right, dude, you can start tattooing on people." Yeah, he let me know, and I was like, "You know what? What do you want to do?" He's like, "I don't know, man." I was like, I was like, what about something Masters of the Universe related?" And he's like, "Yeah, I could do that." And I sent him this picture of Orco. So nice. I've got a, an Orco on my leg that that my friend Jared had done, and it's absolutely rad. That's awesome, man. And I'm going to go been, get more. Uh, I have a friend here in the Springs who I've been meaning to get a Castle Grayskull tattoo from for a while. Dude, yeah. that that would be awesome. Like, could you imagine, like, a, a giant back piece of, like, the face of Castle Grayskull? Ooh. Oh. Ooh. It'd be so much. That would be sick, man. That would be so cool because, like, yeah. like I said, I'm a huge Masters fan, and I can owe it to my uh, my older brother. He was nine years older than me, or is nine years older than me. Uh, yeah. And when I remember being like three, four, five years old, you know, he was. I had all. Of, I kind of inherited all of his Masters oh. figures. Yeah. So yeah, that that totally kicks ass. Oh yeah, man. You know, you know, and I really dig. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, you said you you collect um, 
do you like the new line, like the Origins figures, where they're like the like the twenty six point articulation uh, modern version of the classic figures? I do, um, but uh, a lot of that probably stems from me being, uh, you know, I'm twenty four, so I didn't really have any nostalgic connection to the original line. Um, so I I like the look of the original stuff, but the the origins line with the the more articulation definitely uh, is a selling point for me, and they're all pretty reasonably priced too. Yeah, I um, mean honestly, you know, dollars to dollars, uh, with the inflation rate, they're pretty much the same cost as they were in 1983. Yeah, you know, so when you get when you go to Walmart and they're 14.97, you know, they were still 4.99 in 1983. So yeah. with the with the inflation, they're still the same price. It, they just obviously it just seems a lot more. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and you know, you know, from a from other collecting hobby being Transformers, it's definitely the cheaper of the two. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, see, I'm actually a big fan of like the special edition Transformer collection pieces. Oh yeah, like the Ghostbusters and the. Well, not just that, but like uh, the ones where they do like diecast versions of them. Oh where they're, yeah, they're, they're metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, stuff like that like really kicks ass. I saw one time a a sound wave that was done that way, and it you know it's like the size of an actual Walkman. And I was like, dude, really? this is so bad. I've never seen that. That is so cool. Yeah, it was at a shop huh. here in Louisville. Uh, but like it was so badass, and it was like a hundred and eighty dollars or something. It's like, man, it's like yeah. I never had well, the money to go in there bad. and get it. Yeah, I I don't know if I would justify dropping one eighty on that, but I've definitely justified dropping one eighty on things that would seem a lot less uh, right. You know, <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah. What are most people afraid of, but not not you? Uh, spiders, maybe. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. You know, a lot of people out there, you know, I used to work in pest control, and yeah, people hate spiders. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> people they really hate people, them. People really don't like spiders. People, I know people who, uh, who uh, you know, can't even go to sleep if they see a spider in their house and they don't know where it went. Yeah, see, uh, I don't, but, you know, I get that and I don't here. get that. Yeah, I mean, I I personally don't get it, but you know that's the thing with fear is that it's uh, illogical and uh, something that might you know scare the hell out of you or me might be nothing to somebody else. So I just it's all oh, relative. Sure. Yeah, or, it is all relative. So let's see, like for me, I have this weird like irrational fear of like hydroplaning after mm. it rains, just because, just because I've done it before, you know, and it's like yeah. I get really weirded out by that fact. Well, that and, you know, it doesn't happen that often. And when it does, you're like, oh, what's going on right now? <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, but the spider thing, you know, I, I could definitely relate with, especially, you know, in Indiana here, we only have two venomous spiders. Okay. And everything else is just, you know, whatever. But, right. like, everybody thinks that, you know, it's like just because it's a brown spider that it's a brown recluse. And it's yeah. not. <laughs> yeah. That and, like, I mean, brown recluse is, like, and black widows like i mean yeah they're venomous but if you're not allergic to them you know then it's not it's not really any it's not a big deal you know what you are absolutely right and if this was a game show you would totally win right now because <laughs> most people don't get that it's I, not a, it, you have to be allergic to the venom 
yeah most of I us are until like a few months ago yeah see most but, most people are allergic to it but it's still varying degrees mm. okay but uh the concept behind brown recluses is that the bite is you know your skin's going to start deteriorating and it's going to you know travel up your bloodstream and you know start yeah. to you know, <laughs> your veins are going to turn black right yeah but that yeah that's a big misconception for sure right. Hey everybody, let me tell you about the new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Unchained Tapes. They're an independent Pennsylvania tape label. They focus on extreme metal and punk with a killer approach to the tape scene. Visit their web store at unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com now to get your fill of tapes. And for being a Metal Forge listener, enter the code METALFORGE10 at checkout to get a 10% discount on your total purchase. That's unchainedtapes.com bigcartel.com Welcome to the night. You think you know Night Demon? Then the Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast is for you. Step into the darkness as we peel back the curtain to give you an unprecedented, all-access look into the mind and the heart of the demon. We're talking band history, song analysis, studio anecdotes, stories from the road. It's everything a diehard Night Demon fan could want and more. This is the only place to learn the inside scoop, the deep dive trivia, the untold tales from the band members themselves and those closest to the Night Demon story. Need more? The sacred Night Demon crypt will be pried open to reveal demo recordings that have never before seen the light of day. All with in-depth commentary by the band and the people who were there for the writing and recording process. This is a gold mine, a treasure trove of all things Night Demon. Head over to nightdemon.net or wherever you listen to podcasts. What is one thing you'd wish you spent more time doing when you were younger? Probably uh, practicing my instruments. You know, I, I was definitely a... Uh, jack of all trades master of none when it came to instruments like you know i can play something on everything but i'm not amazing at anything oh for sure yeah i I, i'm the same way like i primarily play bass but i can do some guitar i'm not like i'm not a randy rhodes or jakey lee or zach wild i don't know why i singled out on ozzy's guitar players there but (laughs) (laughs) i'm not a uh, kirk hammett or dave mustaine or anything like that where you know right. can play flashy blasting leads, but I can hold my own on a rhythm section. Same thing yeah. with some other instruments like banjo and stuff like that. You know. Oh, nice man! I I, I mess around with the banjo a bit as well. It, it's very interesting, and you know, for coming from like two metalheads on a metal show to say, hey, I I, I screw around on playing banjo. Oh man, it, Appalachian folk music's my jam. It it is totally awesome, and like when you when you get into the theory of banjo playing, it's, it's like, it will blow your ever loving mind. Because, oh yeah. I mean, for anybody that's listening out there, cause like you have so you have a couple of different ways to play it. And for me, what I noticed was when I picked up a, a certain style, I you know, like seeing the, like the mechanics of how like two finger worked or three finger worked. Uh, uh and then I could to- I could totally hear it on things. 
it's like you could hear some you could hear Ralph Stanley playing Three Finger or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it that's totally cool to me. Oh yeah, man. Like I mean Steve Martin even, he's like Oh yeah. He's amazing at every style. Like he's got such killer claw hammer and Oh my gosh, yeah. Five finger. Yeah, that is that absolutely is insane. And what is there's a music video with him. Um and I know there's one where he was on like Saturday Night Live. It was like yeah. it was like his return to Saturday Night Live after like so long and he played with the band. And it was just absolutely insane where he was just like he was playing like claw hammer and then going in between styles while he was playing yeah, with him. And he like, does it all. Oh yeah. Like totally badass. And it's like Steve Martin. You wouldn't expect him. It's like the the people that you're like, What? Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you don't he's expect been doing Steve it forever now. Oh yeah. Uh, uh well I mean obviously he has because he's amazing but uh yeah you know those videos of him playing with scruggs really good and then Mm -hmm. uh, his original stuff that he's been releasing just the last few years have been like really top-notch bluegrass oh definitely and you know he's always been musically inclined from like take take again like the 70s uh 70s and 80s when he was on saturday night live where he did all the musical skits and stuff so yeah yeah totally totally cool so I have one more question, but before we get into that, always, links are listed below, so please give a like, a share, and a follow. Please check these guys out. They kick ass. As well, you've already heard the one song. We're going to hear another one here in just a few minutes. Dude, Avery, do you have any shout-outs you want to give? Yeah, man. Uh, I'm going to give a shout-out to uh, uh, my friend Sky, who does uh, amazing tattoos. Um, I had mentioned getting that Castle Grayskull from her soon. I want to plan that out. Um Sly Gibson on Instagram. Um, I want to shout out Steve Bogar in Denver's band, Seed of the Sorcerer. Uh, really great uh, Death Doom stuff from Denver, and he's the guy who's uh, putting our uh, demo on tape. So shout out Seed of the Sorcerer, Womb of the Witch. Hell yeah. Final question of the day. What was the okay. thing you asked for when you were a child that you were always told no? I think it was probably a dirt bike. <laughs> yes. I think, which I have absolutely no interest in riding dirt bikes now, but I, I when I was a kid I really wanted to to do motocross. Hell yeah. I mean, no, totally. Like I could see that. It's almost like the Red Rider BB gun thing about you'll shoot your eye out or it's like, you know, yeah. you you'll you'll crash the the bike and you'll hurt, you'll break your leg and and all that shit. Yeah, maybe. I don't think my parents <laughs> had too big of a fear of any of that stuff, but <laughs> but that's also a big investment too. Right, right. Hell yeah. So yeah, a dirt bike. Definitely. <laughs> I can get behind that 100%. <laughs> Dude, Avery, thank you so much for coming into the Metal Forge this week. This has been an awesome conversation. I've I've enjoyed uh-huh. it. It's a great way to, you know, end August here, uh going into the fall with the uh, you know, the the traditional heavy metal, you know, skirting the the fantasy power metal line here. Super cool. Right on, man. Thank you for having me on here. Absolutely. So what out of the demo are we going to play out today? Let's do uh, To Spires Deep and Caverns High, Riders of the Iron River. Hell yeah. That's a lot. That's a... That's a that's a lot to say here. So let's <laughs> let's go ahead and try it here. To spires right. deep and caverns high, riders on the Iron River. 
Hey guys, Wrestling Steve of the Wrestling Steve Show here. Uh, so if you're currently listening to the Metal Forge with Mark Jackson, then you understand that Mark Jackson has a pretty discerning taste when it comes to music as a whole. You'll also understand that he has a discerning taste for professional wrestling, just like me. The, my show is called The Wrestling Steve Show. Uh, I talk about modern and classic pro wrestling in a completely unbiased, unfiltered way. Be sure to check me out on all available podcasting platforms. That is The Wrestling Steve Show. And I am the host, Wrestling Steve. Just remember, uh, like, like Confucius said, uh, man who goes through turnstile in Thailand uh, is going to Bangkok. Pro wrestling. Hey, it's Mark Maxwell at Maxwell's House of Music. Listen, all this stuff is now available to purchase on our website. Check it out at maxwellshouseofmusic.com. We carry all the top brands, like Fender. We got Gibson. We also have basses. We've got ukuleles. We've got drums. We've got sound gear. We've got keyboards. It's going to get weird as the name of the podcast. We're on season two. So you have a whole season to get weird with Frank Green and Scott Clark. The best part is there's always laughter. We have national touring comedians, NFL stars, rock stars, your local friends. It always gets weird. Weird answers. Have y'all ever snorted coke off of a 78 Pinto? No? You ain't no f***ing man. Weird questions. Who had a bigger cocaine habit, Jock Sutherland or Kaywood Ledford? Neither one because they stopped beating their wives. And weird we never even thought of. Well, no. My friend is on acid, and I sent my friend to go find a payphone so that I can call and turn myself in for murdering this guy and ruin my life. We love all types of people, but we don't love all people. (laughs) Weird. It's Gonna Get Weird is the name of the podcast, available everywhere. And thank you to Big X Sports Radio for being a proud sponsor of It's Gonna Get Weird. Frank Green, Scott Clark. Yeah. Hey, thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode of The Metal Forge. I want to take a minute to remind you guys about the Patreon page. Over on the Patreon page, we have the tiers set up to support the production of the show. We feature the Down and Dirty, which is just a buck. There's nothing special for that one. It just sends me a thank you because every dollar helps. Then there's the Double Down and Dirty. Much akin to the Down and Dirty tier, everything helps produce the show in the end. You make your presence known, and I appreciate that more than you realize. Thank you for being a dedicated friend and supporter to the Metal Forge. By selecting that tier, you will receive some cool Metal Forge stickers in your mailbox. Now, we're really going to start pounding the metal madness with the Apprentice Metalhead for just $5 a month. By becoming an Apprentice Metalhead, you'll be given early access to the shows, published 24 hours before everyone else gets it. You're also going to receive three entries in any contest that we do here at the Metal Forge. You're also going to receive a 10% discount on all Metal Forge merch, and you're going to receive a sweet Metal Forge patch for your battle jacket or backpack. And now, here is the big one. This is the Master Metalhead for just $10 a month. By becoming a Master Metalhead, you will receive a hand-numbered Metal Forge Master Metalhead membership card. You're going to be given early access to the shows as well, with 36 hours before everyone else. You're going to receive five entries in any contest that we do here at the Metal Forge. You'll be able to submit audio questions that I will use on the show of you asking questions to the upcoming guests. Remember, timing is everything, and you will need to keep up with the upcoming guest list on the website. You're also going to receive advanced knowledge of any new merch coming out and be given a 25% discount on all Metal Forge merch. 
and you're also going to get all of the other rewards from the other tiers. So visit patreon.com slash Metal Forge Radio today and help support the Metal Forge. Rock on.